Ministry Bits, episode 061, recorded September 2nd, 2018. The iPad Only Preacher. Ministry Bits is proud to be a part of the AIM network of podcasts. You can check that out at adventuresinministry.com, as well as other podcasts, resources, all sorts of things for your ministry. Show notes for this episode can be found directly at chadl.co slash mbits slash 061. And if you'd like to check out the show notes in either Overcast or Apple Podcasts or your other podcast player of choice, they should be embedded right along below the album artwork. Good morning, afternoon, or evening. You may delete as appropriate. My name is Chad Landman, and um, I am here for your 61st episode of Ministry Bits. Wherever, however you are listening, I appreciate it very much. And this is our Labor Day weekend episode. Uh, Everybody that's hearing this, the day it comes out, is going to be hearing it right after Labor Day. So hope you had a good Labor Day. Hope you had a good weekend. I know I did. I recorded a little bit earlier. That's one advantage to uh, being your own boss and not having a real set schedule. But I wanted this to come out on Tuesday, every every second and fourth, or excuse me, every first and third Tuesday of the month. I hope to get out a new podcast. So um, every look for those episodes twice a month now, and I'm really looking forward to some of the content we have scheduled coming up for you. And uh, speaking of really looking forward to it, I'm really looking forward to this episode. And so um, I don't think we have anything to talk about or any announcements to talk about. So let's go ahead and get right into it in the show. Um, Today we're going to be talking about the iPad-only preacher. Um, Now I named this on purpose because I really would like to talk to ministers and preachers uh, specifically, um, if you find yourself in children's ministry, if you find yourself in really highly specialized uh, kind of professions um, that that deal with ministry, like video and audio production, uh, I know that there's some churches out there. And uh, in fact, one of my good friends that that is lives about three houses down from me, actually, uh, he has um, he works at a church that has really high level of audio and video production, and he can't use an iPad full time. But this is what I'm what I'm gonna propose to you, I guess, um in this episode. And that is the iPad is the best, most portable excuse me, most portable, powerful computing platform on the planet. It's the most it's the best, most portable, most powerful computing platform on the planet. Prove me wrong. Now I love the iPad. I really do. Um, if you want to know all there is to know about iPad productivity, you need to visit MacStories.net. Federico Vitici is the iPad productivity guru. He's got so many things. He goes so deep in the woods with iPad uh, stuff. And the thing about Federico is that he uses an iPad only exclusively. And that's kind of what I'm posing to you today is I'm not proposing that you use an iPad in addition to your setup today. 
a lot of us have iPads in addition to a computer that we use, in addition to a phone, in addition to whatever, whatever. I'm not suggesting that you use it in addition to. I'm suggesting today that you use it instead of your current setup, as in replace your computer entirely. Well, now, Chad, you can't get real work done on the iPad. That's false. I know that for a fact because I have done it. And I've seen many examples of people uh, like Federico, for example, at MacStories.net. You should definitely go there that use it and get tons of stuff done. In fact, Federico, with the exception of one thing that he does, he is able to do everything else from his iPad. He runs his website from his iPad. He takes care of all the communication and email that he has from his iPad. He runs his business uh, and business software and all these other different things, running all the financial stuff through his iPad. It's amazing the things that he's done. Now, granted, he's had to come with some workarounds and we'll talk about some of the disadvantages of having an iPad and being an iPad only person or preacher in this case today, but it's difficult to do that. You can get real work done on the iPad. Well, some of you would say, well, I can't use just an iPad for my work. I I just can't do that. You can. And you probably would be very, very happy once you got used to it. Once you got past that learning curve, you probably would be very happy with it. It's again, it's difficult to get highly specialized work done on the iPad, like video editing, um, special effects, graphics. It can be done, though. Um, Photoshop, Adobe announced just recently, just last month, that they are going to have a full version of Photoshop come to the iPad in 2019. There's really awesome applications named Affinity Photo, Affinity Designer. We're going to talk a little bit about Affinity um, Publisher that actually just released in beta for the Mac and it's coming to iOS. Those are phenomenal desktop class powerful applications that you can use on your iPad. You can use uh, Affinity Photo and Designer on your iPad today, right now, and they will call, I think they're $30 um, on sale. I think they're 50 bucks a piece for those apps. Uh, unbelievable power for those apps. It's amazing the stuff that you can do. Uh, Luma Fusion, L-U-M-A. Luma Fusion is, a, is another good one that's used for video editing. It's like Final Cut Pro on your iPad. It's unbelievable. Uh, now, do I use these? Because I do all sorts of graphics and video editing Uh, every single week for both the church here and for my independent work as well. Do I use those? No, I use a Mac um, because I'm an old fuddy-duddy, I guess. But for some of you newer guys, for some of you younger guys, for some of you guys that may be sub-30 years old, the iPad is the way of the future. And I will argue today that most preachers, most ministers working in full-time ministry... I think you can get away with only using an iPad Um, because there's so much, especially preachers, because there's so much to do with text, because there's so many, most Bible apps have equivalents on iPad. I venture to say that 90% of preachers could just use an iPad for their work. Now, granted, if you go for a top of the line uh, 12.9 inch iPad Pro 
with with more storage, with LTE, with an Apple Pencil, with a case, with a keyboard, you're looking well north of $1,000. So this is not a money-saving thing. This is not what it's about. It's about a money-saving thing. I'm going to give you a money-saving setup that you can use here in just a few minutes. So let me be clear. It's not necessarily about cheaper, especially if you're going for the high end, but I will almost guarantee you that it will be the most portable and versatile setup that you've ever used. Um, If I can get away with it, if I know that I'm not going to need any really heavy photo or graphics or video editing done, I take my iPad. I have an older 9.7 inch iPad Pro. Um, It's got the, it doesn't have like the the nice big, bigger screen is the 10.5. By the way, it's a little bit confusing. The 9.7 came out in, in, iPad Pro form before they went to the 10.5 and the 12.9 inch. Now, you may think 12.9 inch is crazy big for an iPad, but it's actually really, really awesome. Uh, I know a couple of preachers that use it. It is phenomenal for preacher productivity. And so um, we'll talk about those different models and different things in a little bit. But getting back to the idea of kind of switching over to an iPad, you know, you've probably gotten used to an iPad and you've probably said, well, there's, there's a lot of things I just can't do on my iPad. Well, that's true. There's, there's a couple of things that you just can't do. Um, but the hardest part about moving to an iPad is living with the different, it's, it's a different device nature. Uh, it doesn't have a typical file system unless you count the files app, which again, we'll talk about later. You kind of need to rewrite your brain a little bit. Uh, to move. It doesn't have a trackpad or a mouse. So some websites that you use for things, some websites that you use, like for me, Squarespace, Squarespace is very heavily mouse driven. And so I need a pointer, a mouse pointer, a trackpad or a mouse on a browser, on a desktop to edit my various Squarespace sites, you know, M2Y, EU, uh, Adventures in Ministry, Graymere Hub, all these other different ones. I need all these I need to manage them on a desktop browser, uh, meaning a laptop. And so, granted, Squarespace probably needs to be optimized for that. Uh, And they have certain apps that you can use on the iPad. But if you work heavily in Squarespace, I I wouldn't be able to recommend an iPad for you. If you work heavily with video and audio, uh, I wouldn't be able to recommend an iPad for you, necessarily as your one device. But if you don't do those things, if you just need to post to a blog or edit the occasional photo, make a graphic for every week's bulletin or do your PowerPoints and stuff on uh, and your presentations on that, I, I would venture to say that, again, 90% of you could get away with just using an iPad. So you get the benefit here. When you use an iPad, you're really kind of living in the future. And that sounds so weird and cliche, but iOS's future is incredibly bright. Apple is pouring billions and billions of dollars of resources into developing iOS and to having better and thinner and faster and more versatile devices. And I think here in the next few weeks, probably in the next you know two weeks, we will see new iPads, and we'll be having a whole nother discussion about how you can replace your iPad or the computer, um, uh, replace your iPad as a computer. Um, Here's a couple of predictions from me. Uh, I bet that developing apps on iOS, as in making applications on iOS, um, on iOS, you will be able to do it on your iPad or on your iPhone 
that's going to be here in less than 24 months. And I think, again, when I talk about apps like Affinity Designer, Affinity Photo, Luma Fusion for video editing, the increasing amount of data kept in the cloud, uh, the reason that we don't have a quote-unquote file system, the iPad is the future. You're really looking at what the future of computing will be. Um, there will be kids in our generation. If you have a kid that's under age 10, they may never use um, something like a, you know, a Chromebook may be something that they say, well, that's an, that's an older computer that I used. Now I just use everything is touch. Everything is touch interface. Everything is done with the stylus, the Apple Pencil. So a couple of pros and cons here as we kind of get into a little bit of the, the, the things that, that I use on my iPad that I, and, and things that I would recommend uh, to maybe get started on having an iPad-only lifestyle. The, the pros are, obviously, it's extremely portable. These things are so portable. They're so um, very thin. Uh, some of the models are inexpensive. The 9.7 iPad, the just the quote-unquote iPad, that came out in April, the education iPad, it's $329. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I think the iPad allows me to focus a little bit better because I've only got two apps up on the screen at one time. Um, I think that's really good. And and sometimes I, I can even zero in on that, especially when I'm writing in my in my writing app. I can make that just the that phrase. Now, I get notifications come in all the time and everything like that, but most of the time I can just flip those notifications off. I can focus on writing. Um, my pencil, the Apple pencil is really good for taking notes, making annotations, signing PDFs, different things like that. Uh, having an iPad was invaluable when we bought a house, uh, when we did a recent refinance here just a, a little while ago. Uh, the best, one of the best parts about an iPad is that there's no typical computery problems, meaning like viruses and malware and, and reformatting and defragmenting. If you know what any of those things are, You've probably used an old desktop computer. You've probably still using an old laptop computer. I've got to deal with those things. I've got to deal with, I dealt with a malware threat on my computer just that last week. And it was because of some, some weird email that I got and everything like that. The iOS ecosystem is just built a whole lot differently. And granted, there may be a billion devices out there. And when I say that number, I'm not exaggerating. I, there literally are over a billion devices out there right now. Um, they're going to be more susceptible to viruses and malware and reformatting, but Apple is so good about squashing those things. It's just really good. The One of the great, adva- <clears throat> excuse me, great advantages that I, I think we have with uh, an iPad is 4G connectivity. Um, you can get a 4G iPad, and it costs about $130 more. I don't know exactly why, but it costs $130 more per model, and you have to pay for it every month. But if you get a deal with Verizon or AT&T, we were able to add my iPad on our account, our existing account, for 10 extra dollars a month, and it just pulls from our existing data. So it's really, really nice. When I get out there um, and I've got two bars of LTE and I need I need to pull up that sermon or I pull up that note, especially when I'm off at a speaking engagement or something, it's really handy to not have to grab my phone, tether to the phone, uh, connect it like it's connecting to Wi-Fi, or worse, try to connect to the church's Wi-Fi and find the password. Uh, it's just really nice that if you wherever you have LTE, you will have a connection with your iPad, and that's really really nice to have. Um, so I would I would venture to say that you need to um, really spring for the 4G connectivity if you can, and if you have the the finances of able to do that. 
the cons are the cons um, for moving to an iPad exclusively are it is a smaller screen. Now I say smaller screen. The 12.9 inch iPad has the same, essentially the same size, uh, just about a half inch smaller than the 13 inch MacBook Pro. So if you take a 13 inch MacBook Pro screen, it's just a little bit smaller than that. That's a massive screen, but it's a wonderful looking good screen. It's still smaller though, uh, even if you spring for the big 12.9 inch iPad. Uh, there's a lot of limit. The biggest con for me is that there's limitations for power users. And I can preach and teach and tell you all this stuff about moving to an iPad only lifestyle all day long on this show, but I can't do it myself um, because I am a video and audio professional in the in the biggest sense of the word. Um, I do it enough that I cannot get away with doing it on an iPad. Um, case in point, I actually tried uh, this July. I actually used nothing but my iPad uh, for one week, and I couldn't get some of the stuff done. Some of the things that I need to do, I need to be able to upload video to servers because we have a TV show that we do every week. I need to upload... Um, images and process those different things and these files, all this other different stuff that I can't necessarily do on an iPad. There's probably a way to do it. I just didn't have time to find out ways to do it. And that's the thing is that there's probably a way to do everything that you do on your desktop on an iPad, but you have to find a way to do it. Um, with Siri shortcuts coming along in iOS 12, uh, that's supposedly maybe coming out this month. It's September 2018, so maybe coming out this month. Um, it replaces the Workflow app. The Workflow app allowed you to do a ton of stuff um, through URL callbacks and all sorts of different things. You could have apps talk to each other that normally wouldn't talk to each other. You could have video files, audio files, different things like that open in, the, in these different things that you didn't want, all sorts of great things. So Workflow really expanded how you could work, and it's just going to get better and better and better. And I anticipate... Hopefully, my next computer, computer, quote unquote, will be an iPad. I just purchased a 2018 MacBook Pro, and I'm hoping that this is the last computer, computer, laptop, desktop computer that I have to buy. I'm really hoping my my next and final computer is an iPad, and I'm just tablet computing from here on out. That'd be fantastic. Don't know if it'll happen. But anyways, one of the cons is limitations for power users. Another con is a no real file system. We'll talk about the files app here in just a minute. But there's no real file system to where you can see your files and see things and move files around and do like you do on a desktop. Uh, and there's workarounds for uh, necessarily uh, necessary for simple tasks like downloading and printing. Um, printing, not so much. If you have the right printer and the right connection, uh, printing in iOS is actually not a problem. It's getting that all set up on the front end. That's the problem. Uh, but downloading files, that's one of those very simple things. You're like, oh, well, yeah, downloading and adding a font to a uh, keynote or adding a font to to iOS. It's really not that easy. It's really not that easy. Um, and there's, for different apps, there's different ways to do that. And so um, it's kind of problematic, especially if you're very picky with design stuff like I am. Um, I find that it's just easier to get stuff done uh, on my Mac, being a professional. So when you're talking about gear, when we're talking about the different models of iPad, let me let me go ahead and look at this. I want to tell you first of all about the $329 iPad. Okay, so I'm going to go to apple.com/ipad, and I'm going to be able to look at 
every model of iPad that they have. So the regular, quote unquote, just regular iPad No Pro, it's a 9.7 inch computer. Uh, it is a tablet. It's available in a lot of different colors. It starts at 329 which is pretty phenomenal for a, for an iPad, pretty phenomenal price for an iPad for as powerful as it is. It supports the Apple Pencil. Now, the Apple Pencil is $100, but it is the best stylus out there. It's the best drawing tool for an iPad. Uh, you'll be amazed at what you can do with it. Um, you'll be amazed how you can take notes. You'll be amazed how you can draw and, and edit and all these different things, what you can do with an iPad and Apple Pencil. Um, it's got all sorts of different stuff. It's powerful. It's efficient. Uh, the 329 version has the A10 Fusion chip, uh, which allows you to do multitasking. You can do the side-by-side apps. You can do one that looks like an iPhone and one that's kind of... So you can do the side-by-side uh, different apps and things like that. Uh, it, multitasking, rather. And so you've got all sorts of different awesome things that you can do. You can take notes. Uh, it's got a really good camera on it. Again, 9.7-inch iPad plus an Apple Pencil. You're looking at 450 bucks out the door. That's a pretty cool starting point if you're wanting to jump into an iPad. Uh, if you have an old, old iPad that you haven't updated, that you still kind of use just for like sermon notes and stuff, I would really look at this new 9.7-inch iPad. And I say new, it's been out since April. It's still just called the new iPad. But when you look at all the other, the higher tiers, and again, the iPad Pros may change drastically, so we're not going to spend too much time on them, but they may change, this, may, this line may change drastically in the next two weeks. So when you talk about the iPad Pro, it's got a lot more processing power. You've got a 10.5-inch with smaller bezels, you've got a 12.9 inch with the same small bezels, except it's a big, just slate of glass that you can work on. You've got Apple Pencil support, obviously. These things rival the power of a MacBook Pro. Uh, they have phenomenal looking screens, uh, P3 wide color um, displays, um, 120 hertz refresh rate. It looks so different. It looks really, really nice on these these devices. And so if you can spring for an iPad Pro, and I don't think these prices will change very much when the new models come out, but the 10.5 starts at 649 the 12.9 starts at 799 um, And so you're looking at like really good laptop prices there. You can get a pretty good laptop for $800. In fact, you can probably get a good used Apple laptop that's one or two years old for $800, $600, $700, $800. But if you want to move to an iPad, an iPad Pro, this is going to be the way that you can look at it. It is going to be uh, an incredible computing device. It's available in rose gold, silver, um, just gold, and then black. Like I say black, space gray, uh, whatever Apple calls it. And so when you look at these things, you can add um, connectivity to it. Wi-Fi connectivity is another um, I believe it's another $130 or whatever. And it's just, oh, these things are incredible. They're incredible. And I still have my 9.7 Pro, which was the first iPad Pro that came out that supported the Apple Pencil. Still works just fine. Uh, the, that's one of the great things about these iPads is that they just last and last and last. There's still people rocking iPad 2s out there that are uh, from 2011. I mean, it's incredible um, the way these things are. You put a good case on them. They're very durable. Um incredible. So let's go back to our notes here, kind of look at exactly what we're talking about. You get a $329 iPad 
Uh, it's really good. Apple keyboard case, in my opinion, is really good. It's expensive. Um, it's 130 bucks, I believe, but it's really nice. It's got this kind of cloth feel to it and it, uh, really allows you, it's real thin. It just kind of latches onto the iPad. It's really great. Uh, additionally, you can get a, the Zag Folio keyboard that I had for a while. That's really nice. Uh, it's for the 9.7 inch iPad. Uh, it's 99 bucks and it's really good, but you think about what about a mouse? What about a, a pointing device? Well, iOS doesn't support that yet, but, but everything could change in mid September here. Uh, with the new announcements. So let's go over as we kind of uh, finish out our, our podcast here. Let's, let's take the last few minutes here and talk about the, the normal tasks, what, what maybe apps you could use on the iPad and how you could get it done, what normal tasks a minister um, would do. What, what normal things do you want to do? Well, first and foremost, I think, let me get a drink of water. First and foremost, I think, is is studying, study and and, and lesson writing and sermon writing. Uh, you spend a lot of your time studying, a lot of your time looking, a lot of your time lesson writing. Uh, to me, uh, for me personally, I use Ulysses. Uh, Ulysses is a writing app. Uh, it's a cataloging app uh, for text documents. Um, you can you don't have to buy it. Actually, a lot of these ones have moved to subscription. It's forty nine dollars a year. It's worth every penny. I have all of my text files in it, um, all 600, 700, 800 of them. I can search. If I want to talk about a certain topic, I can search that topic in the thing, and it'll pop up with every text document of every word. It'll search search that text for it, just like it would in something like Evernote or OneNote. Uh, you get that really good, uh, that full text searching. Um but it's really, really nice. I've actually done something that was recommended by a guy on the Suite Setup, uh, which is also a website run by Sean Blanc that you should check out. Uh, and he actually took the text of the Bible, um, like the entire text of the Bible. Uh, right now, I'm just working on the Gospels. But he took the text of the Bible and he put it into individual folders and then individual sheets. Sheets or documents is what they call them in Ulysses. And what he's able to do in Ulysses is because it's got a a, a little bit of a special flavor of Markdown. You know, I'm always talking about Markdown and stuff, and you can use Markdown in some of these apps we're going to talk about. But because of that, I can put my own personal notes in my own personal database in Ulysses. Now, that sounds like a lot of work, and it is, and it's proving to be pretty time-consuming, copying and pasting all that text into uh, my Ulysses. But to have the Bible of my own in my own, the own version that I want and have my own notes beside it. It, it, it's just something I'm going to be able to pass down digitally to my boys, to, to my wife when I'm gone. It's going to be, it's going to be pretty phenomenal. So if you'd like to find out more about that, I'm going to put the link in the show notes to the, um, the thing that he's, if you're a Ulysses user, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, but yeah, check that out. It's really a neat idea. I it never even occurred to me to actually extract the text from the Bible uh, to put it into a text app or an app of your choice to be able to search uh, manually, anything like that. Now, you can do that with all sorts of Bible apps. You can do that with um, the Olive Tree app. The Uversion app does that. You can make your own notes in it. Uh, the Logo, Logos app, that'll, that'll use that um, as well, and a lot of you use that, and we'll have a dedicated episode talking about Bible apps. But again... 
I like having my own stuff on my own. It's right there in Ulysses. It syncs with iCloud and I don't have to worry about it. Uh, and there, I don't have to use the internet uh, to necessarily pull that stuff down. It just syncs uh, from with iCloud over the internet, obviously. But it works really, really well. So for some others that you might uh, be a little bit more familiar with, Microsoft OneNote. I, I really love Microsoft OneNote. It, it just gets continually improved over and over again. I love it. Um, if you've got one of everything bucket and you don't want to have to worry about the app going anywhere, Microsoft OneNote is the, the place to go. Now, one app that you might have to worry about is Evernote. Uh, Evernote's had some difficulty in the last few years. Um, I, you know, sing the doom songs of Evernote all the time, and I have long since left Evernote, but there are still people that swear by Evernote. Uh, they love it. And if, if it works for you, then it works for you. It doesn't work for me. I don't like the way it's formatted. I don't like the way that they don't let you sync um, an unlimited number of devices. I just don't like it without without paying for it. So Evernote is, is really fantastic, though, and it scans notes, it scans books, it scans documents and stuff extremely well. It's there's That's probably the best feature that it has is, is the scanning uh, portion of it. But Evernote is really good. Uh, Bear. Bear is another one that I've found uh, that's also really good. It's a lot like Ulysses. Um, you can sync with Dropbox of your all your text files and everything, and it's all done in Markdown. But you can add images, you can add inline text, you can add all these other different things, and you can have a subfolders and categories and things like that. It's really really nice. But the simplest one, if you have an iOS device, you have an iPad. Obviously, we're talking about uh, Apple Notes. Actually, is really nice. It has really good Apple Pencil support. It actually has a scanning document feature that not a lot of people know about. When I tell them that. Apple Notes can scan documents. They're just like, really? Apple Notes can scan documents, and it's really good. In fact, it's almost as good as Evernotes. And so anytime I need to scan a document, I just use the iPad's camera that's already really nice. You don't even have to line it up on the table. It'll just automatically capture it, straighten it, and you can put different filters on it, black and white and color and all these other different things. It's phenomenal. It's great. Um... So document scanning is really good in Apple Notes, but it gives you all sorts of things. You can do tables in Apple Notes, uh, bold, italics. You can do titles. You can do um, you know, different headings, bullet points, checklists, all sorts of different things. Um, OneNote is a little bit more versatile in that you can just lay out a whole big project, and we'll talk about that here in the next one for project management. But OneNote is very versatile, and you can put stuff everywhere, and you can have stuff anywhere you want, and zoom in, zoom out, have one big canvas of text. Uh, and pictures and notes and scans and things like that. So OneNote's really, really fantastic. But Apple Notes is built in. It syncs really, really fast. And it's really, really good. Uh, and it looks great on the iPad. Um, looks really good on the iPad, especially. And I'm hoping with dark mode coming uh, to iOS, hopefully soon, crossing my fingers for uh, spring, hopefully soon, dark mode uh, notes is going to look really nice. Uh I would, and this is just a personal thing. I know a ton of you use this because you have come from a time that you used word processors like Microsoft Word, Pages, uh, things like that. But there's really no need to use a word processor on an iPad if all you're using it for is your personal notes. Um, only time I ever use a word processor is when I need to design a flyer or design something or a handout or something like that. And all I got to do is copy and paste the text from my text um, document 
that I'm using in Ulysses or using in Simple Note or using in other other places that I've used those things coming from drafts on the iPhone. So I would definitely look at using drafts as well as for long form writing. It's highly customizable as well. Um, if you need to make docs or handouts pretty, I would highly recommend Pages. Uh, pages on the iPad is is incredible. It, it continually gets updated. Um, Word is good and, and things like that, but it's just it's about the same like it is on the desktop. It's not really as flexible as Pages, but Pages on the iPad is phenomenal for making great handouts and bulletins and brochures and things like that. If you want to take that a step further, Affinity Publisher is coming out for the Mac. Uh, I expect it'll be out sometime next year. Uh, they just released the beta for the Mac. I believe it'll be coming out on the iPad next year. Uh, and so I believe that'll be a really good... You can already get Affinity Designer and Affinity Photo uh, on the iPad. Affinity Photo was released uh, for iOS and for iPad this summer. And so I bet you maybe next summer they're going to have Affinity uh, Designer... Or excuse me, Publisher... And so you've got the Affinity Publisher, you've got Affinity Designer, and Affinity Photo. With those three, you could replace Adobe altogether. And that's hopefully maybe what I plan to do because they have apps on the Mac and on the iPad as well. And maybe if I can get used to using the apps on the Mac, I can get used to using the apps on the iPad, which will make me one step further to becoming iPad only. And so that would be phenomenal. So... That's all the things I would use for study and lesson writing. What about project management? Well, some of the regular names here. Again, OneNote for organizing everything. If you just want an everything bucket to ever to organize stuff, OneNote is great for project management. Um, and they've got some collaboration features with OneDrive. Uh, you can connect with other people using OneNote, and OneNote is cross-platform. It is Mac, it is iOS, it is PC, it is Android, it is everywhere. So you can't really go wrong uh, with OneNote, especially when you're doing projects. Uh, I use Things uh, for to-do lists. Things looks great on the iPhone, but it also looks incredible on the iPad. Um, I use Slack for some team communication stuff that I do. Uh, you can't beat Slack. Um, don't don't use text messaging. Don't use Facebook Messenger. I'm kind of locked into a couple of different organizations that just want to use Facebook Messenger for stuff. It's like, oh, good grief. Uh, I'm looking at you. Um, I, I'm, I'm, anyway, I just want to make sure that you know Slack is out there. Slack is a phenomenal group uh, communication tool. You can share files. You can you can communicate quickly and effectively. And there is no better suite than the Google Docs suite for collaboration. If you've ever used Google Docs, you know that. I use Google Docs. Um, to collaborate with people here at Graymere, as well as with people at M2Y, people at uh, EU especially. All of our work is done on Google Hangouts for EU. Uh, it is amazing what you can do, and you can collaborate with so many different people on the same document and having them adding and editing and changing and updating and all sorts of things. You can really manage your projects and your events really, really well uh, with that. Uh, file management, getting down to file management. There's just two things I'd like to mention there. The files app is your friend with that. Uh, the files app, uh, is appropriately named files, uh, is available, uh, on your devices. It should be there by default, but you may have to download it if you have an older device. 
Um, this just gives you a file system to look at. It's like basically going into the Finder on your Mac or going into Windows Explorer on your PC. You can see all your folders, all your connected drives, all the things. You can add Dropbox, you can add Google Drive, you can add OneDrive, you can add all these things to it, and they all are in one place. And it's actually a not too bad of an app. They need to work on some of the bugs in it. But for the most part, it's pretty good. And the great thing about it is, is that every app you use is probably going to put, every app that uses iCloud for syncing is going to put a folder into the files app. So you're going to be able to access that data. You know, my 1Password has a folder in there. My uh, TweetBot has a folder in there. My Affinity Designer and all these other different things has a folder in there. And so it's going to have all your data in there. So if you leave your iPad on top of your car and you go drive off the, you know, drive off into the sunset with it and it flies off your car and it busts into a million pieces, you go pick up a new iPad, you download the files app, you sign in with your iCloud and boom, your files are there. It's really, really nice. And so files management, files app, you need to get that. Obviously, I would highly recommend Dropbox. Dropbox has always been rock solid for me. I've been using them for nearly 10 years, which is crazy. Nearly 10 years, and it's wonderful. Google Drive is also good. Um, And OneDrive, I don't really have a lot of experience with, uh, but I've heard especially people that live in that Microsoft ecosystem say it's pretty solid. Uh, the last last thing I want to talk to you about is is presentations and presenting, um, and what I mean by that is doing your powerpoints, doing your uh, your lesson powerpoints and the things like that. And we use PowerPoint as a general kind of term for presentations and getting your things done. But I actually want to tell you about an app that you probably may or may may not have used, and that's Keynote. Um, you wouldn't believe how many people I tell about Keynote that have never used Keynote before, and they own an iPad. They've been trying to use PowerPoint on an iPad, which, again, is fine. If that's where you live, that's fine. But um, I would highly recommend using Keynote. Keynote, uh, I love it on the Mac, but on the iOS, it's phenomenal. Uh, And you can use it to present. Now, if you actually have an Apple TV hooked up to a projector or another display, uh, you have wireless presentation capability from your iPad. So all you need to do is be able to hook up uh, through a wireless network to that Apple TV and voila, you have a your PowerPoint up right up on the screen. Uh, you can manually hook that up if you need to with a lightning to HDMI adapter. It's sold separately. It's one of those dongles. It's sold separately, but I'm telling you, Keynote is where it's at. There's a lot of presentation, or excuse me, key, uh, templates available for Keynote. Keynote looks great. It has great transitions. It's easy to use. Uh, and the best part about it is, is that it always, it always will be able to export to PowerPoint. So if you go to all these different places, go to all these different churches and you, uh, you know, go to these different places that can only use PowerPoint, you can always just download that. You can even put it on one of those lightning SanDisk lightning USB drives if you really wanted to, and you could, um, let them use it that way. So I would highly recommend that you get very familiar with Keynote. And there are any number of tutorials and things like that on Apple's website as well as YouTube as well. So really, we've just kind of scratched the surface with moving to an iPad. But I hope that I've given you maybe some tips and tools and and maybe even encouraged you a little bit to say and try going all iPad uh, all the time. Um iPad doing using an iPad all the time is just such a treat. 
It's so thin, it's so light, it's so portable. You can take it anywhere. It's very inconspicuous. Uh, and it's very durable at times if you have the right kind of case on it. Uh, it's pretty incredible. So I thank you so much for listening to this episode. Let's have a quick prayer, and then we will end this episode. We really appreciate it. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for everyone who's listening today. We thank you so much for all the things that they're doing in their ministries. We thank you so much for the differences that they are making in this world and in your kingdom, for your kingdom, Lord. We ask that you help us use these technology and tools uh, to do what we need to do to further your kingdom, to tell the story of Jesus throughout all the creation. Lord, we thank you so much for all the abilities and the talents and the technology that you've given us. We thank you so much for our families, for our church families, and most of all, we thank you for Jesus, and it's in his name that we pray this prayer. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. You can check out show notes directly if you want to go on the web, chadl.co slash mbits slash 061. Get in touch with me. Uh, Tell me what you like on Facebook. Tell me what you don't like. Tell me what you want to hear. Uh, Tell me what Bible apps you're using because that episode is coming up in the middle of September. So tell me what Bible apps you're using and how you're using them. I really appreciate you listening. Go out and have a blessed week.